Good morning, Chris. David, good morning to you. Good morning. Of course, uh, the Better Government Association, based in Chicago, but operating statewide to shine a, a light on government operations and how it affects us. David Greising is the president and CEO, and we're going to dive right into it. This, of course, is tax day, and we hope this isn't uh, an unexpected reminder for people who are like, oh, no, I forgot to file my taxes because we got a three-month extension on it uh, because of the pandemic. It's impacting everything, certainly impacting Illinois' revenues and finances, David, and so it's kind of appropriate this week. We've had some dueling news conferences, dueling press releases. The battle lines are being drawn over what could be one of the big statewide issues in November. And that, of course, is whether or not to amend the Illinois Constitution to allow for a progressive income tax. And we're seeing pro-business groups on one side. We're seeing community activists uh, on the other side. And, uh, and of course, Governor J.B. Pritzker throwing in with his vast fortune in support of the progressive income tax. How do you see the battle shake, uh, shaking out? Well, Governor Pritzker has put in about $55 million altogether uh, backing this group Vote Yes for Fairness, which launched some new ads uh, just today. As you're saying, Jim, tax day, it's a good time to be doing this. On the other side, they're not raising much money yet, uh, but um, they are mounting a pretty decent sort of publicity campaign. Uh, Todd Mache, the uh, from the Illinois Cham- Chamber, has been uh, visible. The former uh, head of the Illinois Manufacturers Association, Greg Bass, has been visible on the vote no on the blank check amendment group, um, and and it's it's a bit of a battle royal. Um, the the Pritzker backing group is saying, um, you know, don't don't uh, rob us, uh, you know, essential workers in order to benefit millionaires and billionaires. And so they're going for some sort of COVID angle on this, for some class warfare angle on this. Uh, It's going to be a big talking point from now through the end of the election. And there are big stakes here. From Pritzker's budget planning, he's counting on about $1.3 billion in uh, extra revenue from this tax during the course of the current fiscal year. And that's a lot of money and a lot of money to make up if he doesn't get it. Yeah, the the pandemic really does uh, alter the equation here a little bit. What the anti-groups are going to be arguing is that businesses are already burdened, and you can say this is just a a tax on the wealthiest Illinoisans, but in fact, uh, people uh, making above $250,000 a year uh, could face a higher tax rate. They say that's going to affect a lot of small businesses who are already hurting because of the pandemic, so we're going to be piling on for them more, whereas the governor and the proponents for this amendment are going to be saying Illinois needs revenue. And if we can't get it from the wealthiest Illinoisans, then we're going to have to have uh, either uh, taxes that impact everybody or we're going to have to have cuts that hurt everybody. Uh, And so it really uh, it does put the the battle lines in some pretty sharp relief here. Yes, uh, that is going to emerge as one of the big issues, the, the, the impact on small business. There are, you know, many thousands of small businesses who employ many, many thousands more. And, um, you know, the the Pritzker group is arguing back that, uh, well, businesses that make more than 250K, they deserve higher taxes. Well, I don't know. I mean, 250K is not that much money 
for a small business, uh, that, that big a profit for a small business, especially if a business that needs to reinvest in order to grow and, and add jobs. So that's going to be a big part of the battleground. The other is this argument about this, um, okay, they raise your taxes this time. There, There's you know the, the rich 3% who get taxed more and everybody else is taxed the same or less. But once you put in this graduated income tax, those gradations can change almost overnight in the legislature if the legislature decides that say well instead of people making more than 250k we need to we need to tax people with more than 100k at a higher rate and that's what that's going to be the big bugaboo that the anti progressive tax group uh, raises is this idea that once we give the state legislature this power it will exercise it and not necessarily to the benefit of people up and down the income scale and that's why they're calling it the blank check amendment saying that once you open this door there's no telling uh what uh, the legislature will do with that power uh and obviously we can't predict the future they did go to pains last year to actually pass tax rates that would be in effect if this amendment is approved and again for now it is just the 250,000 and above but as you noted uh we have no idea what the future holds it's going to be a fascinating debate to to watch play out and again to play out in the backdrop of where illinois stands right now because of the the huge revenue losses uh, that we've sustained with the economic shutdown because of the pandemic and that's impacting businesses it's impacting individuals and it is impacting state government as well as local governments david uh, you you noted that um uh, we have a group of mayors, primarily from the Chicago area, uh, urging more help for local governments. But this is a problem statewide. Yeah, it's sort of odd, uh, frankly, the composition of the group of uh, uh, close to a dozen mayors who signed a letter uh, from um, to the congressional delegation asking for uh, you know, help in, in dealing with COVID, COVID, asking for financial help, saying that they were all going to uh, need to spend a lot of money, especially if there's a resurgence in the fall. And um, the mayors included in the group, of course, Mayor Lightfoot of the city of Chicago, but the mayors of North Chicago, Hillside, Willowbrook, Fox Lake, Ringwood, uh, Geneva, Lake Bluff, <laughs> Robbins, Beecher, Palos Hills, the Riverside, I guess Palos Hills and Riverside are the closest to downstate uh, <laughs> in that group. Um, it's odd that uh, that this group, and, and I'm, I'm told this, this letter was pulled together with participation of the Illinois Municipal League, which represents mayors from across the state. And it just seems odd to me that um, an issue that affects uh, cities like Springfield or uh, many or, or, say, East St. Louis or many others, uh, were kind of left out of this appeal to the Illinois congressional delegation. Uh, unless they feel like the downstate Republican members of Congress are not likely to be all that sympathetic, or so they're just really focusing uh, on the, the Democratic delegation from the Chicago area. They're in the majority in the U.S. House, and maybe they believe that that is their uh, best path forward. Uh, but obviously, as you noted, yes, this is going to be impacting communities across Illinois, and you would think that there would be some strength in numbers. Uh, it is another example of how the pandemic is kind of uh, shaking up the, the normal order of things. 
We also have ongoing legal challenges to Governor J.B. Pritzker's authority to put public health rules in place. Uh, as we're talking here with David Grising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association, David, even more lawsuits being filed this week. Uh, and so far, the governor's done pretty well in court with one major exception. Well, right. Um, on, on the religious, are you talking about the religious issue? Well, you know, uh, he had the Clay County ruling against him, but otherwise he's really won most of the of these legal challenges for which there have been rulings so far. Right. And, and the picture is starting to emerge that the governor's wide-ranging authorities to protect uh, public health trump these other considerations of free speech, uh, even free religion, although, frankly, on that issue, he seems to be conceding uh, some ground. Uh, it, this is kind of going to continue to be uh, uh, fought, though. Um, as we're seeing, we, we'd see new new lawsuits here and there uh, in order to uh, express, you know, it, it's not surprising that in some uh, communities in the state uh, that where the, where the case count has not been very high, and the positivity count, uh, the, the percent of people who are found to be positive when, they, when they're tested also remains low, uh, that, um, that there's pushback here because these are costly measures that the governor is imposing. But frankly, when you look at the national picture and the rising number of cases across the country in Illinois, which was down for a little while, is coming back up, and there is concern about uh, allowing that to accelerate, uh, you can only expect the governor to continue to clamp down uh, and, in fact, possibly clamp down more aggressively. And so I think the legal battles that have ensued here are probably not over. By the way, the governor is uh, holding a news conference at noon today for a COVID-19 update. We don't know what he's going to announce, but it is likely to address the fact that these numbers are ticking upward. And interestingly enough, uh, Southern Illinois has seen the biggest increase in the rate of, of positive tests coming back. Uh, up to 7%, and that's a pretty substantial rise in just a matter of days. So uh, we don't know if the governor is going to be uh, offering up any uh, new measures to try to combat that, if this is just a call to action to remind people again to to follow basic safety precautions. Uh, but that's going to happen at noon. We'll have live coverage here on WMAY. We've got more full disclosure on the way with David Grising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association. We continue here on the WMAY morning news feed. Well, let's get back into it. Uh, we always encourage people to go check out the Better Government Association website. There's a wealth of information there. Uh, and there's a discussion this week on the website about vote by mail. This is going to be a big issue over these next several months here in the midst of a pandemic. Illinois and other states have taken steps to expand voting by mail. President Trump continues to suggest that this is going to be rampant with fraud and abuse. He has uh, sharply criticized this, suggesting it's an attempt to rig the election. And David, the B GA has taken a closer look at it here. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, this is a very important uh, issue. Uh, it, it, as we look ahead to the fall and the indications that uh, we're going to be facing some serious uh, resurgence of the COVID virus, uh, and we keep in mind what happened, say, in, uh, in Milwaukee, where people because of the state's uh, disagreements over whether they're ought to, they ought to move forward with their primary or not, there was poor planning, and you had thousands of people lined up to vote in close proximity to each other, exposing themselves um, and exposing election workers, frankly, to, uh, to the virus potentially. Um, uh, there needs to be access to the ballot uh, besides just 
showing up at the polling places. And yet, at the same time, uh, in-person voting needs to remain an option because for some people it just doesn't work out to mail to mail in or some people have a strong feeling like they need that ritual of going to the polls, whatever. Um, and so what we are at, at the BGA and others are doing is uh, arguing for ready ballot access, a, a safe and secure vote is what uh, we think is quite important. And um, and so the, the state has now allowed for um, uh, mail-in voting and, in fact, is mailing uh, uh, applications to all for registered voters. Uh, they added a step we thought was unnecessary, which is they mail an application and then the voter needs to then send in that application in order to receive a mail-in ballot. We had hoped the state instead would mail ballots directly to people. Um, There are those on the other side of the argument who say that this is not, um, uh, you know, that they're raising questions about whether this is a secure enough vote, uh, vote fraud, the arguments that people that uh, people will roll up ballots, uh, collect ballots from people. There are all kinds of scare tactics that are used against this. Um, So but what we will see, we hope, is a lot of people taking advantage of this. And then there will also be some what they're calling super centers that will be open so that people who do need to vote in person, want to vote in person, will have places they go to. The state, one other thing worth adding, Jim, is that the state is declaring Election Day a holiday for public schools and universities and most government offices. And that way buildings will be available for polling places without exposing people to the population that typically would be in those buildings. And as you know, a public school is a place where there is a lot of concern about uh, the spread of coronavirus. And by putting people into um, uh, you know, school buildings that are evacuated for the day, uh, there is the opportunity that, um, uh, that um, uh, we can be safer for those who actually show up um, uh, show up to vote. It should be noted the most vocal opponent of vote by mail, President Trump, does vote by mail, in fact. And also, um, it's it's worth noting that uh, if numbers of coronavirus continue to spike and people are more concerned about going out to polling places, they may want to take more advantage of vote by mail. Uh, it's interesting. Surveys are showing that Democrats are uh, much uh, more eager to vote by mail. That could actually help Joe Biden come uh, November if indeed uh, we see uh, more of his supporters uh, voting by mail, whereas if uh, uh, others are concerned about getting out to the polls, they haven't taken the steps to vote by mail, they might wind up not voting. We have no idea how it's going to play out, but it's a fascinating dynamic to watch. Also want to encourage you to go to the Better Government Association website, the PolitiFact Fact Check Service. There's a great piece there about masks and concealed carry. We've tackled this in our news in recent months, but uh, it's worth uh, revisiting the issue. So go check it out. David, we're out of time, but tell people quickly how to reach you in the BGA. Right. I'm at uh, uh, degreising at bettergov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org. And uh, our website, where that good uh, politifact is, uh, is uh, bettergov.org. And we'll do it again next Wednesday morning. Full disclosure here on the Morning News Feed. Thanks, David. Thank you. Bye-bye.